You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody, welcome to episode 226 of Red Wings Red. Oh man, <clears throat> we're tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings. Finally have a home. Mike, Matt's still feeling COVID. A little Rona. Oh yeah. Man. Mike, you're, uh, now does my camera look all fuzzy? Because your camera looks hella fuzzy right now. Is my Oh no, I'm sorry. No, yeah, you're, uh, it must be my internet connection because I restarted my computer. Uh, it seems to be working on my end, but who knows? It, uh, yeah, you, you're moving at about a half half a clip there um, compared to normal. Um, Curtis coming in early. This is at 620. He said, Matt, if you go early again, so help me. Mike, we're right on the button. We hit eight. We're, we're like a couple minutes past eight. I did say 805, so... That's hey, we're early. early. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so we are early again. Curtis will be rolling in in two minutes here. Um, all hail, Jacob. Good good man, Red Wings fan. Uh, you know what this episode's all about. Uh, just wondering what you guys think about where Fabry might fit in next year with all the players and prospects. Whew. Top, top of the head, I really hope. I think we're moving in the right direction if Fabry's on the third line or the fourth line. Can we say that? Is that fair? Like, if we're still depending on a top six position of Mr. Fabry and we haven't made any acquisitions in regards to free agents. um, What, talent-wise, ideally, you want him on waivers. But the second best (laughs) option is probably on the third or fourth line. <laughs> so, um, that's a, let's look at that contract again. Uh, and, and terrifyingly, um, oh, I, I have it queued up for us here. What oh, good. I want to see what you just did. <laughs> All right, so Fabry, you'd be sitting on... Yeah, he signed till 23-24, I think. Oh, silly me. I was looking for him on the active roster. Um, so, yeah, you've got one, oh, two, no, three. Oh, no, wait. He signed to 24-25. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so three so, years, uh, four million, you'd be eating that. Um, yeah, uh, I think just worst case scenario and not, I don't even think we're being tongue in cheek. I think if this team is in a contending spot, you don't want them in your top six. I think there's still a place for them on the team. Um, I think that our beloved GM who we put a lot of trust and faith and, oh. you know, a lot of money towards Mr. Iserman, he's, he sees something right. in Fabry. He didn't give right. him a one year deal or not even a two year deal. No, he gave him a Miami yeah. Heat. He's sticking around with the big boys deal for three years, four million a pop. So, I, I mean, you can't you can't worship Iserman and then you know say that you know he doesn't know what he's talking about because he resigned Fabry. There's something there, but I think we can all agree, top six Fabry, not not ideal. So probably bottom six. That is that actually is a great point, but I didn't want to go too deep into that. But that four million dollar hit, I mean, you don't real that's not your ideal for a fourth line. It can happen in your bottom six. It's not unheard of. It happens all the time. But um 
that is that is true that's a deeper discussion in regards to let's sign him for another three years <laughs> and then we're immediately in our heads thinking well this isn't a long-term <laughs> this isn't a good long-term investment i am really feeling the, the scratchy throat right now uh performance art thrown out there mike nice of you to join us uh, I took work yeah, off was, last uh... week for the show. Oh my God, no! He took work off last week for the show. Performance art. I'm so sorry. Oh God, I would have gone live just to talk to you. Performance art. You should have I'm said sorry, that. I, I I I put out an 18 minute episode of me discussing Verana and Woe Cider. I performance art. Next time you're taking work off, just tell me and I'll I'll, I'll go live and we can. <laughs> We can just do a me and you episode. I'll FaceTime you performance art. And <laughs> uh, we can, we'll put on Matt doing a, a nice hockey lesson and then I'll, I'll pipe in some sound bites for us. Chewy. Good glad to see you here. This Best sweatshirt in the game. Go hey, ahead, 2005. Mike, that was a good year. That was the year I graduated. I just, Chewy. I just have a baby face. I'm old. Yeah. Well, for the podcast listeners, Chewy throws in there. Mike looks like he's on a 2005 cell phone right now. <laughs> that, was... <laughs> that was a good year. Yeah, I liked 05. I like my 05 cell phone. Um, so, Chewy, oh. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. Performance art. It's all good. I'm busting nuts. Uh, he didn't actually take work off. Thank God. Oh my I think God. you're supposed I... to say busting Mike's balls, because if you're busting my nuts, that's like a nice thing that's going on. Oh, that is true. Like busting yeah. balls is that uh, you got the double B. Um, yeah. Something very Red nice Wings fan coming back yeah. uh, with our Fabry takes uh, trade bait. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you put them on waivers, you're hoping somebody's taking on a four million dollar contract. Not not likely. All right, trade bait. Now, you got to be careful though, because those are. I mean, he's probably got more value here than he does anywhere else. So I I don't know what kind of picks you're going to get for a Fabry. It's not going to be mean, another first rounder. You put it out there. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I throw the line in the water, but I'm not expecting, you know, a big tuna <laughs> on the other end. Uh, quick shout out. Flying Dutchman 43. Great show for Red Wings fans. He threw out there. Actually, I did plan on reading the full comment. Um, great show for Red Wings fans. Uh, for great show by Red Wings fans for Red Wings fans. I can't read. Who can objectively analyze the team while still keeping things positive. The live hey. YouTube shows are fun if you can join, <laughs> but beware. Woo! As funny as the show hosts are, they're even funnier looking. Great face. Hey, radio. yeah. Just I've been working on this guys. clown face for ages. My you man. Great work. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. I wish I hadn't read that whole thing. Um, <laughs> Silver 3344 coming in. We know Silver. You're jumping in all the time on YouTube. Uh, Matt and Mike are a pair of characters. Uh, five stars, by the way, from Silver. <laughs> Matt and Mike, pair of characters, who really produce a lot of quality Red Wing content. If you're a Red Wings fan, you'll consistently enjoy listening to their content and commentary. I highly recommend it. Again, five Aww. stars from those two. Thank you, guys. We are up to 19 five-star ratings. Uh, I did some research. We're doing better than um, one of our rivals, uh, who's also a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, oh, so we're, we're doing better than them in the ratings. So there you go, folks. Yeah, baby. Beautiful. <laughs> Either we're nicer people or we have a better show or a combo of the two. So you guys be the judge on that one. I'm saying it's our big old ding dongs. All right. So let's talk some Red Wing hockey, Matt. All right. Well, we'll come back to the Fabry thing. Apparently, this is how our episode. The hot change. button issue. 
Performance art says waivers for 20 to 25 goal scorer. Are you high? Uh, no, no. no. High. That was tongue in cheek. Uh, well, I well, feel it on the frescas, but look, I'm just saying talent wise, if, if it's to the point where he's your third or fourth line guy, you're in a good spot. Waivers yes. is tongue in cheek. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the ideal spot you want to be in. Like, uh, the first comment that, uh, I put out there, Mike, of course, he's always having fun. He's got to take it that extra mile and here we are, but no, it's, um, even, even if that were the case, like, think about what a great situation we'd be in. Like, we're not saying you have to get rid of them right now. We're saying your situation is better if that's what you're doing with a Fabry. Because even if he's bringing 20, 25 goals, don't forget, consistently over the last few years, he's been one of our least consistent um, defensive forwards we've had on the team. So that that we're talking about a guy who starts mainly in the offensive zone statistically but has a uh, lower than average across the league expected goals against. And that's not normally where you want to see that for a guy who's starting in the offensive zone most, most of the time. Um, so performance art, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're kidding with us, but I, I still, that that's where I'm going to land. If he's the further he falls down the roster, that's, that's just good news for us. That means we are thrown at 2025 goal scorer down there and more, more I think that, I think uh, for, yeah he's yeah. not a valueless player right because you can you can definitely have a whole bunch of different you know tools in the arsenal and his happens to be you know goal oh, scorer which we don't have a ton of right there you, okay performance starts on yeah, board I think, that's uh, on the third yeah, line. Okay. beautiful beautiful um, and uh Ketzel's here uh still better than Ernie wow <laughs> yeah any I mean that's all right can we just talk about like the the difference between I think like, a golden retriever and skates would be better than Ernie right now. <laughs> the difference between the idea of must put a guy on waivers slash just outright release him slash let the contract end, and Robbie Fabry, the team being so good that that were to happen, yeah, like that's that's your difference there is Ernie and Fabry conversation. Like uh, the sooner the better for Ernie. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, I mean they took a really low risk um you know reach on him you know giving him a two-year deal and it's only two million a year and you know it's it's up after next season so i mean it, they, they didn't really lose much to say hey this guy's gonna be 25 26 27 you know let's see if we get lightning in a bottle and he you know gets another 20 my god maybe more than 20 goal season but yeah doesn't look like it's gonna happen but it's not really a big loss for this team so that, that one's okay all right Mike, you didn't get to see this on the last episode. I wanted to throw it your way. Uh, goals above replacement for select rookie defensemen since 2010. I don't know where this sits after the last game. Uh, this was pulled from Evolving Hockey. Um, what we've got a list here is uh, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, uh, Moritz Sider, Aaron Eckblad, Quinn Hughes, and Zach Wierenski. Arguably, uh, some of your best rookie performances and of course i mean you're talking about the mccars the foxes uh the Eckblads, the quinn hughes maybe not so much for it's you know he's fallen off a little bit but uh you know the norris conversation shortly followed uh after their rookie performances so mike i i just wanted to give you an opportunity to see this uh since you didn't get to see it in the last episode i think everything about this is gravy uh on top of a nice buttered garlic peppery mashed potatoes um 
I mean, mm. it's not like we questioned Moritz Sider's abilities at any point, but it is good to see when you take a look at the advanced analytics and you can compare his rookie season to uh, to others around the league. And uh, you just you can be you can be pretty psyched, Matt. I don't know how many more ways we got to find to say that this guy is delicious. I mean, it's just we keep bringing up pizza, and everybody still loves pizza. So I mean, it's you know. Here's another example. Pizza still on top. Uh, I'm going to be ordering it many times. I didn't regret any pizzas I've ordered in the past. And, uh, Matt, I think uh, pizza is going to win pizza of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I- I'm glad you you showed this to me. But I- I'm i not going to die on the hill again. But I would still consider Zegris just because I want to sell this NHL. That's all. So, I don't – I, Matt, do you – We've had this debate many times, and uh, I think Mo is probably the most deserving. But, you know, this is a business, and I would still think about getting Zegers's, uh fancy footwork and stick work all over the world um, to try and sell this league. So, Mo is the best. I'm not saying he shouldn't win, but I'm, I'm trying to sell this league, baby. I'm trying to make some of those nice gold coins. Great. Anyway, <laughs> I know Mo's great, man. There's uh, this I, is beautiful. I I know that the, uh, the, we talked, you have to really, you have to put made, in a real effort to uh, like knock him down a peg. I I really can't do it. There he makes every smart, strong hockey play you could ever want from a defenseman, and we're lucky to have him. And it's insane how good he is at that age. But I still want to sell this league, Matt, and I would still think about Zekris. I don't, that's fine. You can still sell him and have him be a part of whatever you're doing. I, I don't <laughs> like. He can still score goals, and you can put him on ESPN. You don't. You don't have to go that route. Listen, uh, like you can just have um, like an espresso or a red eye, you know, to get people like me and you in the in the in the coffee shop. But once you put out, you know, uh, a New Orleans king cake frappuccino, people are like, ooh, I want to go in there and spend a little money. So that's what I'm saying Zegris is. He's more of a New Orleans king cake uh, frappuccino where most ciders just like a, he's like a nice, uh, like a a well-brewed, like drip coffee. Like you can count on it, reliable every single night. And, you know. It's great, but I don't know if that gets people in the door like, uh, you know, sprinkles, whipped cream, uh, frappuccino. Now, uh, we do have to throw in there, uh, this hasn't been confirmed by the Red Wings, and part of the reason uh, the, I don't know if we even want to call it a rumor, is because uh, this gentleman's Lolia team is still in the playoffs, so you can't necessarily start I thought you were going to say Ben Myers. Them. But uh, Ace Fishing wants to know, yeah. Pontus Andreasen, which I've never heard of, seems to be getting some praise. What do you guys know about this guy? Uh, as far as I know, and I'm getting all my information from at Lars Thorzel, who's uh, on Twitter. You guys can follow him at Lars Thorzel. He uh, does a lot of <laughs> Swedish to English translating. Uh, it's been all but confirmed that the Red Wings have picked up Andreas. Um, and I can just pull this up here so we can all take a quick peek. I mean, yeah, I, I myself, I have not scouted this guy. So we get to go as far as this, and Chewie wanted to make sure we did this too. So 
Um, oh, I don't want to see this page. I want to back up to this one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I did the same thing you guys all did, right? You, you hear about Andreasen, uh, Pontus, and, uh, you go to elitehockeyprospects.com, you scroll down. The first thing I'm not excited about is the five foot 10. The thing I am excited about is the C right here. So we have potentially a center. Um, yeah. I mean, 183 pounds isn't too small. It's not necessarily, you know, overly large. Um, but I mean, we know what's going on here, right? Another, uh, we're going to bring over from, uh, Hawkins boys, right? So Hawkins Anderson taking a look. Um, and like we mentioned, we'll, we'll just point out here and I'll, I'll kind of highlight this down at the bottom. Um, there's two things to look at his regular season in the SHL for Lulia, 38 points in 52 games, nothing to sneeze at Mike in the playoffs. This guy's almost two points a game in the playoffs. I'll scroll down like in half an inch. What was that? Oh. Scroll down just like an inch. Beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> seven, Mike, seven goals and two. Am I reading that right? You seven are. goals and two assists in five games. Uh, my man is killing it right now. Um, it's it's crazy uh, that the Red Wings are just going to go ahead and load up with a guy who's playing that well right now. So we know he can go in chunks and put up a bunch of goals uh, just based on what he's doing in the SHL. But again, um, I have not scouted this guy, uh, but I will do this. I will take Hacken Anderson's work on it. Um, I don't know how excited you guys need to get in this. Uh, this kind of thing happens fairly often. Uh, so this is just this is just something for us where we get to cross our fingers, hold our breath, see what this guy looks like, and um, yeah, I mean, I I I don't know, I I don't think uh, I don't think it hurts to be excited. Um, I didn't know too much until the report came out, so I don't know if there's anything you guys want to read into that. The fact that we weren't talking about this before it actually happened, uh, if you know what I'm saying, you know, the fact that we weren't going, oh, I. Can't wait till we pick up Pontus. Um, nobody was really making that point till it happened. So that's not, a, I'm just pointing out some facts here because again, I don't really know too much to point out from Pontus, but those stats, I think it's exciting. He's got seven goals in the playoffs. So the competition kicks it up a notch and uh, our boy is just knocking it out of the park. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, two schools of thought there. You can get uh, super stoked because uh, we have a guy that uh, now we know is highly touted or it's one of those things like why why wasn't this something we were talking about before? Um, so that's where you can kind of gauge how excited you want to be. I don't want to poo-poo anybody's excitement because I'm excited now that I know what's happening, but it's also that same sort of like I'm excited every time yeah, there's a new prospect I, to talk about. So it's, yeah, I, I, mean, I get, uh, as uh, Ryan Lambert puts it on uh, on the Puck Soup podcast, is it's prospect brain. Uh, so once they become a prospect in your system, uh, they are uh, the next Wayne Gretzky, the NHL. So I, uh, I do like that. I'm very guilty of it. You guys know I've claimed myself to have prospect brain all the time. Uh, but again, uh, I'm just throwing out some of the facts so that we can come at this with uh, the right mindset. And I think I think I've done a pretty good job of that. You said uh, the scout over there, Henrik Anderson. Uh, Hawken Anderson is our, is our boy. Thank yeah. you. 
Uh, yeah, I've, uh, he's watched a, a few SHL games, um, as you guys know. Uh, I think this news just bums me out a little bit, just seeing the position he's coming from um, and taking into account where Ben Myers has had a lot of his success and knowing that the Minnesota Wild are pursuing him. This kind of feels like the Red Wings getting maybe early word that they're not getting Myers, and so they're getting a guy who's pretty i mean if we had those two guys walking down the street i would be shocked if any of us could pick out either one or discern between the two um uh, but it does look like they play the same position roughly the same age and well now we have this guy who we've actually watched a lot of in the shl and myers i'm sure we've had scouts watching minnesota hockey but um we watch a lot of shl here um in the red wing scouting room uh in the war room so um, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that we're, you know, taking another flyer on another SHL guy and, uh, I, we've done pretty well over there. So he might pan out. Um, you know, I don't think he's necessarily going to be dead soup, but, uh, you know, we can be optimistic for sure. Uh, <clears throat> we got some takes here. Uh, Gray Ford, he'll either get buried or show up strong in the AHL to start. Um, now, here's Mo's, uh, or I'm sorry, Gray's next comment is uh, Mo needs to get more physical with an eye roll. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to do with you, Gray. I, you're, you're all over the place. <laughs> um, he might then, have been uh, reacting to my, uh, my, my comment about secrets, but honestly, Mo is like a perfect player. So. Oh, oh, um, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's probably where Gray's coming from. Uh, Ace uh, thrown in there. I heard he was like the second highest uh, scorer in the SHL as a rookie. And then he throws in there. Same thing happened with Cider in the draft. Just saying. Again, I think that's where I, I can legitimately look at the. Uh, we're not at that point, right? We're, we're not at the point where we're going to look at a move like this and just go, oh, man. Eisman's doing it again. Like this is this is one of those good moves, and especially Hawkin Anderson throwing his name. Oh boy, throwing his name on there. Oh, COVID does not let up, Mike. <coughs> Jesus. Uh, so we're not at that point where we're looking at this, and you know, like I said, it's just two schools of thought. Where I think I came in and I was like, all right, got to go look at the elite prospects page because I had no idea who this guy was. But again, if he's somebody that Hawken Anderson is excited about, I think I think you can be excited about it. But again, third, you know, just to keep throwing down the same points, prospect brain is a thing. So once he's a Red Wing, I think we all get more excited about anybody than we than we should, and that's that's still fine. It's just calling out, uh, just calling out a reality there. Um, I like uh, Ketzel's thought here: an undrafted sapphire in the rough. Oh, yeah, I like that. And uh, here's here's the best take. Chewy coming in like the genius he is. Let's see how the preseason goes. New coach will have his hands full. I, hey, hey, Chewy, Chewy. I see what you did there, you little rascal. Too smart. New coach. <laughs> um, I just, you know, even without the new coach stuff there, let's uh, honestly, like, that's the smartest take, right? Like, we'll have another guy that we can get excited about. Um, and we can run down. We can run down. His position, his size, we could see that he's played pretty well in the playoffs. How's that any different from any other prospect we look at, right? So it's right. <laughs> we we've done all we can do and now we cross our fingers. Um, yeah, for sure. 
The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Moving on. Mike, we lost again. Mike, I, I missed this game because I was an absolute wreck yesterday. I went to sleep. I tried to go to sleep like at 7. I think I was laying in bed at like 6.30. Um, I didn't get a wink of sleep the night before. Barely got any sleep last night. Uh, man, I was dying. Uh, but we're going to do our best here to tackle this because uh, we still – I got as much of the game in as I could. Um, we've got some highlights to check out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is one. We're down one to nothing. Make it two to one. Then we're down four to two. Come back four to four. Uh, losing overtime. Does It does hurt. What? But I just don't want you to – you know, necessarily be too hung up on the like the final outcomes of these games because now they're you know now that we're in the uh, uh, Doctor Strange, you know we're in the End Game now. Uh, I, I at this point, I think it's more about personal performances. So I think we're trying to just you know at this point kind of keep track of you know can Mo or Lucas you know Mike Mike silly opinion aside about you know selling the NHL can one of them actually win Rookie of the Year? Um, and can Verona just show us, my God, we really do have an elite goal scorer on this team. Um, and I, I think we have some more examples. Yeah, we do. Um, we can start with Verona, who I, okay. Now there's, this is going to be rough. Okay. <laughs> Cause he, make sure it's muted, man. It is. Uh, okay. I got it right this time. Um, I Beautiful. did that first. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, yeah, let's play this in, in real time because, uh, all right, like his legs are moving there, but look, oh boy, Oof. that's real time, man. He's his legs were like, yeah, he's going real fast, he was moving pretty good. Um, yeah. it's just when you look at that from far away, the the wide angle, it doesn't look like he's he's getting very far with all those kicks. Um, <laughs> so the strides aren't really there, there's a lot of chopping. <clears throat> Uh, but this is this is a classic Verona goal because it, it looks once he gets between the circles, like anywhere around the circles, I just feel like at this point he can just throw the puck at the net and it goes in. And that was one. I where mean, he, it, he went right around a defenseman who had a you know head start back to the blue line. Uh, yeah. So, I'm you know he's not a you know the fastest guy on our team, but um, you know it takes yeah. skill to do what he did. And uh, <laughs> I love his ferocity on his celebrations too. Or uh, as you insist on calling him Sellies. Man. I'm a young guy. Look at me. So youthful with your Sellies. I'm a kid. Um, 
Now the next goal, I I was uh, our boy Tristan isn't aboard, but uh, I was going to share this as uh, the Mitchell Stevens effect. Um, oh, yeah. I just it's one of those things when he came aboard, we were all excited about his uh, tenacity and his speed, and um, I just I, what yeah. about Draper with a little more skill? That's what we we're looking for. Yeah, it's, it's, Pink Draper fun. with a little more skill. All right, so Stevens has the puck now. He's 22 down on the, the bottom right-hand side. Now, this is coming straight from NHL.com, so this one might get picked up and flagged on YouTube. <laughs> um, Ooh, nice now, that play there. doesn't – right, so that doesn't go in. And now Gagne's got the puck behind the net. Uh, but, yeah, great, great start there for Stevens to get the puck over to Gagne. Just He doesn't finish it. And now this is where it gets kind of mixed up. And this is where I'm kind of looking at like Mitchell Stevens already made a great play to try and put the, the puck on the net. And as I hit play again here, this is him turning the puck over again to make sure the puck gets over to stall to wide open Gagne for the goal. I just thought this whole thing was like uh, this tenacious play, the junkyard dog who is Mitchell Stevens uh, gets this puck over to Mark stall eventually for Gagne to get goal. Um, two great plays. And it's all about getting the puck in the back of the net. I, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say, gosh, you know, we did have a whole episode that was devoted to Mitchell Stevens a while back. But yeah. uh, I, I think it's fair to say that there's there's an obvious difference of having a guy like Mitchell Stevens on the fourth line and what it can mean for your team. Because he's, he's easily one of the more offensive-minded fourth line grinder type guys that we've had in a while. And I, I just mean that he can help create some more offense than we're used to from, uh, from the bottom, bottom six. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Stevens being back. And I like that right away. You could see he made the difference and it does look like they took some time bringing him back so that he could get his skates going because that's the most important thing for Mitch. Um, so I, I, I you, you like to see it. It's a, uh, it's a good start. And I, I'm pretty sure that was his first game back. So that's, uh, that's where that comment was pretty much coming from. Now I'm like, um, we've got, uh, We've got one more here uh, from Verona. This is going to be the game time goal. This is this is a blink and you'll miss it uh, type goal. But I, I want to point out, you know, that first shot from Verona, he didn't put a lot on it. He was fooling the goaltender. But it's just so funny to me that this next one that we're going to watch is another example where there's just, this isn't like the hardest whip in the world. Uh, but yeah, this is right off the face off. So you really, you got to jump right in there with the old eyeballs. Suter wins it. Verana, spin shot. Man, I mean, this, how do you this... prepare? For, how do you prepare for that as a goalie? I mean, besides like looking alive at the faceoff. <laughs> I mean, how do you prepare for a pivot like that? That's, it's just uh... incredible. Like, like yeah. they they try to define it, define it in the in the replays. Uh, like, I'm. I was watching uh, Mickey Redmond talk about it and it's just like the only way to, to define this going in is that it's coming from an elite goal scorer. We uh, like, I, nobody's making the argument that Washington won this trade. That's a moot point at this point, but I mean, the Red Wings traded for an elite goal scorer. And uh, we were talking about a few episodes ago, we were talking about like uh, the trade deadline and those important pieces that you need. And sometimes you're not looking for the all around guy. At some different points of creating your teams, you need a guy that can do one thing amazingly well. 
And this is what Verona does amazingly well. And there's no arguing that. I'm not like blowing anybody's socks off, but I think you can check off a box here with Verona, like, no doubt. Um, which brings us to this beautiful table, which is the last two seasons. And we're going by per 60, but it's your goals per 60 table for all NHL forwards. Number one on that list, Mike, for the last two seasons. Jacob Verana, number two, Woo! Austin Matthews. Of course, probably going to win the Hart Trophy this year. <laughs> Just an absolutely insane list here. I mean, all, all the way down to number 11 is Ovechkin with 1.76. Um, I mean, some of this, too, is getting um, – I, I think there's some guys sneaking in here with, you know, six games, seven games played. But um, this is how <laughs> we can do this measurement in the last two seasons. And uh, at least show from a goals per 60. Like, this is it, right? Like, anybody could sneak in here with one game. You could get them to sneak in there because they had one good game. But Verona's got those 27 good games played for the Wingdings. And it's at 2.54 goals per 60. It's just, it's it's wonderful to see. Yeah. Hmm. I kind of have a tough question for you, Matt. Um because we've talked about we uh, we've talked about uh, you know on prior episodes of the show where obviously drafting and getting a good draft position and you know maximizing your lottery odds is is pretty important when you stink you you don't want to you don't want to flounder um, you don't want to be drafting you know tenth eleventh twelfth six seven you know spots the Red Wings of you know I get it history. Um, <laughs> So with that said, we also said we don't want you to just keep losing and losing and losing every single year because it just gets, you know, burned in your brain. Like that's what this experience is as Detroit as a Detroit Red Wing. So we had the first half of the season, we we're like, hey, maybe we got a little something here, or at least something to build on. Obviously, we've come back down to earth. So Matt, with all that extra context, should we have brought Verona back? The I guess what I'm saying is obviously you want to get have him have some opportunities to build some chemistry, you know, uh let him get on the ice, get some, you know, hockey experience going again instead of just waiting an entire season. Um but I, I know you have a slide coming up where we're looking at the standings and we're almost guaranteed to drop, you know, at the ninth, tenth, or worse, uh, for draft lottery odds. My argument to that is that we've played like ass <laughs> quite a bit since his return. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I know what you're a, saying. Like, you're just saying strategically, yeah. let's just try and lose the most, you know, as, mo as, as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's two ways to look at it. There's... <laughs> There's the realistic way is that you absolutely had to get Verona in this year and get him playing with this team and get Red Wings fans to actually watch some games and be excited. Um, and then there's the, let's just maximize, you know, how, <laughs> the potential traffic, which I think, you know, they do want to get away from. Um, I think they want to look at some sort of improvement and come up the standings a little bit with this team and, I think it would kind of stink for Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider to not have the the opportunity to, well, you know, sometimes just watch Verona. I'd like to see them play with 
Verona uh, five on five uh, opportunities a little bit more. But, you know, you know uh, who's counting. Uh, but yeah, you know, we could we could scratch that off the list. Maybe I just won't get that. But it, it's probably good for them to see there's some potential here for this team uh, to pull off uh, some some miracle wins like against Boston. I thought was fantastic. Um, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but I, mean, I know what you're saying. It's not a with, tough uh, question because I will say the easy answer is, yeah, keep them out. Get as many. Like, that's what we want. We want this team to tank. Tank it up. But um, I got to say, it's, it's this, this really is the difference between going to Taco Bell because you're going to have a good time and skipping Taco Bell, having chicken and, you know, broccoli and then exercising. And doing that for your nightly routine, right? And and that's what tanking is. Tanking is doing the body good. Tanking is having your grilled chicken and broccoli and going out for a night nightly jog and getting these goals from Verana and seeing him run up the list on the goals per 60 and doing better than Austin Matthews. That's your Taco Bell. That's your Taco Bell. That's your 12 items ordered for your one-person meal. And <laughs> takes you two hours to eat it all. <laughs> That's your Taco Bell. Um, yeah. yeah, I and I, I, I could do it in 12 minutes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, probably. Not a minute of night. Get through those things pretty good. Yeah, the empty calories. I, I totally see the analogy for sure. Um, it's just now that we're bringing back Mitchell Stevens, too. And I'm like, oh, man, the guy's like contribute making winning hockey plays. Like, whoa, slow down. Know your role, man. Uh, we're, we, these are valuable points here. Um, like Chicago and Ottawa are not quite doing enough uh, to leapfrog us here. So, you know, we might have to take matters into our own hands. And that's why it's a little surprising to not see, you know, maybe Verona and Mitchell. You know what? Gosh, diddly dang. We'll see you guys next season. Um, but instead, we got them out there uh, playing their buns off. And yeah. uh, it, it's probably going to hurt our draft spot. I will say this with Stevens and in that one episode we did back in December, all about Mitchell Stevens with how often he's been hurt. Yeah. Uh, it probably is a good idea to get him out there because he's missed whole seasons multiple times. So we like, don't want give him, to give him reps essentially. Yeah. Like this would have been, uh, he's, he's already missed like two and a half seasons due to injuries. So this, this would have been right. I guess around three total. Cause he got half a season, but yeah, that, I, I know what you're saying, um, but yeah, that just to get in the down and dirty with uh, with Mitch, that's that's where I see him. But yeah, no, you're right, and and yeah, I hope my my Taco Bell analogy. Um, I hope all Red Wings fans, you know, feel something with that. I hope they all, you know, see where we're coming from. Of course, you know, the illogist would it. not be happy with that analogy. Um, you know, he could have dropped a little Caesars in there, maybe. <laughs> And I'm not saying as a substitute for Taco Bell. They would still want that in there. But instead of the broccoli and grilled chicken, they would say have Little Caesars. Now, uh, Ace thrown in there. I'll go ahead and start this off. Verona is going to outshine Larkin next year. That's the hot take um, alert siren there. Woo! (laughs) Real quick, while we have so many viewers, can you guys hit the like button for us? Uh, We'd really appreciate it if you're having just a little bit of fun. A modicum of fun. Uh, I was trying not to say modicum. Um, it does have a bad word in it. Now, but <laughs> Ace, here, can I? What's funny? I I don't know why my brain went here. 
but I'm going to do it. I think it's because, Mike, we have family members that do this. Uh, we know that Red Wings, uh, or I'm sorry, Detroit sports social media can get kind of Are you looking up, at Dad right now? You're kind of looking up right now. Yeah. Uh, Detroit sports social media can get kind of hung up on like one player who's probably pretty good on your team. And if they don't play out of their mind on every play, then they become, you know, your, your hated player, like uh, C Matthew Stafford. Here's, here's my prediction. Verona is going to have a slow start next year and everyone's going to take a hot dump on them. That's what I think is going to happen. And by slow start, we mean like a normal, regular shot percentage. <laughs> and it's not in the 30s, which is fine. I'm not saying Verona is going to be bad. I'm saying he's going to have a slow start. And I don't know why my brain went here, but that was my prediction. Um, when, I read, when I read your prediction that he would outshine Larkin, I, I just went, oh, my God, you know what's going to happen? And this is all me internally. I'll just talking to myself. <laughs> it's just going... Oh, he's going to have a slow start, and the entire planet's going to be like, see, I told you we should have kept Mantha. And it's going to be like, ah, you morons. No. I guarantee it. No, I, I, Red Wings fans. I would fully expect Verona, if, you know, knock on wood, he could stay healthy, <laughs> uh, for him to lead the team in goals. But, I, I, you know, Larkin is the most grilled chicken, broccoli player uh, the Red Wings have had in quite some time. Um, offensive defense. Hey, look at Keith Smith, my man. Even if Ron is our top goal scorer, I don't think he'll necessarily outshine Larkin because of everything else Larkin does for the team, plus more goals and dish out assists. Yeah, I mean, it's just about role, right? Um, so Verona might have a little more sizzle, but Larkin is far and away the most important player on our team. Um, although Mo Sider is kind of coming for that spot. I could see from the perspective of like, you know, uh, now that this, uh, the NHL has their agreements with ESPN and whatnot, that Verona would get more attention. But I think in Detroit, I, I think it's going to be really tough to outshine uh, Larkin. So that, that's Waterford's are... own, baby. Yeah, exactly. That too. He, he can almost do no wrong at this point. <laughs> um, but, all right. What other, uh, what else do we have to talk about tonight, Mike? Um, I don't know, Stone Cold. What do you want to talk about there? <laughs> Just because I'm burping up on my. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm glad you said that. I'm I've been drinking, so this is uh, 64 ounces here. I'm on my third one today. That's a lot of tequila. God yes. damn! What do you got, scratchy throat over there? Woo! No, it's it's just the, the you know you got the rocks Terramana tequila, huh? Yeah, COVID nice. really kills you. I I've been sweating bullets. I don't know if you can tell. I'm sweating my balls off right now. I should not be recording this. I'm doing it for you. I just I'm, thought you I'm had doing uh, it for all the the red wings. You had the lamps on. You got the bright lights. A big city. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, like it is I, hot I, I have been drinking more of this. I'm, I'm gonna die. <laughs> you look like Ace Ventura when he came out of that rhino's bee hole. <laughs> Jesus, man. That is the second. Ace Ventura reference I, I've heard today. That's uh, I haven't heard an Ace Ventura reference in Well, stop years. sweating so much like you fell out of a rhino, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we brought up the standings because we wanted to talk about um, what are, you know, what what are the possibilities? Because you oh, were self-inflicted damage. Mike. My God, we look at, we're going to catch San Jose. Crap. Well, it's funny too, because if you look at our last 10 games, three, four, and three, um, 
you know, like you, you can kind of run down this list and see who, who we were coming for. And uh, Chicago is doing their part. Uh, but Ottawa was trying to let us catch up and we, you know, Ottawa was at four five and one here in their last 10. And we did our best to make sure none of that mattered. Um, but then Philly's three and seven, New Jersey's three, six and one. You've got Seattle, but that's impossible. Like we're not going to catch Seattle. So we don't even need to worry about Seattle, Montreal or Arizona. So out of everyone, we're trying to get a better draft position with. Uh, we end up walking away, I think, just off the top here. Like, maybe we can get Buffalo. Uh, right now we're sitting at 66 points. Buffalo has 63 points. Uh, they have 73 games played. Whew, this is this is rough. So Buffalo, well, Buffalo is four, has three three points three. and a game in hand. Yeah, this this is uh, it's not looking good, Mike. I, I think we're stuck at uh, what is this? So let me count here: nine, one, two, three, three four, six, five, nine. six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the the math of uh you know 33 minus I know it's yeah um anyway where's our abacus um <laughs> I had it I have it right here I can just count up and that's my abacus goes vertical you should have just um, said you know we're 24th my god we're almost 25th worst <laughs> You know what does hurt? Look at our home record. Uh 18, 13, and 7. Like good for us being so good at home. But you look at the rest of this list. Uh even Anaheim and San Jose are just at 500, if not a game below 500, and we are just crushing it at home. Uh so that's really what killed us. But yeah, on the road, we did a great job. <laughs> just trying to take it up this we were cleaning up on the road. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the other thing to look at here is that goal differential and right negative seven, uh, six, 68 for the Wingdings. And Philly's doing a good job of uh, playing right up to our level. Uh, but then we even have we have a worse goal differential than Seattle right now. And then, of course, there's Montreal and Arizona who are just, you know, it's impossible to catch those boys. They did a great job this year uh, <laughs> tanking it up. But yeah, I, I ultimately wanted to bring this up because I feel like. I think we have our spot. I don't, I don't think, I mean, God, yeah, th- there is that possibility. We go all the way up to 22. Isn't there? <sighs> yeah. So we're, we're, we're probably in this realm right now of like eight, eight to 11. Right. And I, I feel like it's just kind of shoring up right now, especially with the space Chicago has on us. Ottawa has on us. They were giving us opportunities to catch up, and we were like, nah, it's fine. We'll win a couple of games here. So, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. It means the team improved. We're a great home team, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think, uh, I think, think it's all done. Yeah, I mean, geez, like really like go through that narrative of this young team playing with emotion. Um, you know, like a hot Red Wing crowd is, you know, really done wonders where it feels like it kind of inspired the boys and, you know, there's that extra bit of effort, but man, when they didn't feel like playing, they did not feel like playing. I mean, that's where that goal differential, like they didn't just lose yeah. games. They got, you know, spanked on their bare butt back and balls. It was, it was just a shellacking. Um, and it, I, I guess I'm kind of bummed because on one side, it, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting, you know, upper 
upper echelon talent at number 10, you know, in this draft necessarily. I'm, I'm sure Eisenman will find somebody, but it would just make the life of, you know, our GM a little bit easier if he could have really tanked and won the lottery, um, you know, New York Rangers style. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess what that means is for me, looking at these standings, uh, we're going to have to really focus in on free agency or Matt, my favorite thing in the whole world considering trading first-round picks. Not that I'm dying to get rid of them. You know, I'm not the uh, L.A. Rams shelling them out for a Super Bowl. You know, I don't just want to shell them out for a Stanley Cup like a madman. But I think think if you're in that game where you're trying to... um... Oh, you're taking this seriously. All right, what do you got? No, if you're in that game where you're trying to, like, (coughs) trade for a guy that... uh... Might be a year, a year or two closer to joining the franchise. Like, I mean, it, we really are playing this game where it's like now we're looking at guys that that are not going to be ready to step in and play for a few years, right? So, I, I think you could play that game though if there's if there's something to be found. I don't, I don't think you. Absolutely oh have yeah, with t- like pick, yeah with the but, timeline. So you yeah. can still find a good player. You know that getting deeper into the first round going to take a little bit more time for them to develop probably. Um, whereas, you know, trading, you're kind of skipping a few years of development and saying, you know, we'll, we'll let you figure this guy out who might have a higher ceiling and we'll take a more proven entity for now. Yeah. And, uh, Curtis has actually taken this (laughs) a step further. He only wants to know from you, uh, but Mike, do you think next year's top 10 is better than this coming's draft? If so, would you like to see Eisman send... This year's pick to someone for a 23 firster, assuming we don't draw number one overall. I think I think the general consensus is that next year is better. So just knowing that and and here's here's the thing. Two two thoughts. And sorry, I'm gonna answer first, Mike. Go ahead. Do man. The setup. We do have the same voice, so it's okay. <laughs> right. Just, just close your eyes and pretend yeah, that I'm answering right now. You won't know who's who's answering. Um Everyone thought this draft was going to be amazing up until this year. So I think this is another, this is maybe like another version of prospect brain where we all get to know all the prospects because we've seen them in the junior leagues. And then we all kind of like go, that's our guy. And um, I just, we all thought Lafreniere was our guy. And then, you know, we were like, Shane Wright's going to be the next Connor McDavid and, now it's not, you know, like none of that. So I just, yes, it does look like 2023 is going to be a monster year, but I also just want to caution until we actually get to the 2023 draft, because I feel like every year we do this. Um, and then we're, you know, we're not as excited once, once it comes up, but yeah, there, there should be, let's just say this is a better year. And you're Curtis, you're saying you like to see Eiserman send this year's pick to someone for a 23 first or assuming we don't draw number one overall. Um, and that game, right? You're you're asking for next year's pick. Um, somebody's trying to move up, I'm assuming, and they have their eye on someone they don't want to miss. So if we're if we're in that situation. And we can land something else if we're getting a couple more picks this year and that works out. Absolutely. If it's something where everybody kind of sees that the 2023 draft is going to be better and Eisherman's playing this game 
I'm not sure if you're going to get as good a return when you know that there are going to be, like right now, the prospectus is that there's going to be a couple of guys that will be ready to go, NHL ready next year. Plus, going into the top 10, you'll have some elite guys that will be drafted. So you have a lot of space in next year's draft, potentially, to get somebody good. But everyone knows that. So you might be doing this, playing this game, and not getting, like, the same return where you're, you're like, falling back in this year's draft. I mean, you're going to switch up and maybe, I don't know, maybe collect a couple of late-round picks with it. Um, but I don't know. It, it really depends on the situation, right? Like, we say this all the time. It's going to depend on what we can get back. Uh, but I, I went first. Here, Curtis. Yeah, now I'll pretend I'm Matt since uh, Matt had to step in and be Mike for a minute. Um, yeah, I I, I do want to – I guess I'll be on the coattails a little bit on that um, since it does sound like next year's draft is a little bit sexier than this year's. Um, I, don't e- I don't even dislike your theory. Um, I think that you see that a lot more in um, like the NFL or the NBA will do that. Um, they'll kind of, you know, punt on, so to speak, um, on one year's draft and go to the next one um, and get multiple firsts and, you know, in those sports. Um, the reason that I don't necessarily see it for the Red Wings is the way this, this lottery works. I mean, you'd, you'd be you'd be trying to call Montreal or Seattle and saying, hey, hey, champ, what about having two first round picks next year? And we'll take that, that boring old... Uh, cracking uh lottery uh next year and we know they're going to be in the toilet so i mean that that's what you'd be trying to do is you know anticipate who's going to have crappy odds next season um so you can you know exploit that and be at the top of that draft um so i don't think the kraken are necessarily um you know going to be jumping at a at an offer like that that's 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 the main reason i would say that trading this year's first round would be like an upgrade on a Nick Letty trade where instead of, you know, a, a second round pick, you know, for a, a, a win now player, you'd be getting first round value for a win now player. So like, uh, you know, you know, Letty didn't quite, you know, play up to expectations like we thought he would. So I, I think you could definitely throw out this year's, you know, top 10 first rounder and be able to get somebody you're, you know, a lot more excited about, this coming season, especially if you, you know, can start to see what this Red Wing team looks like with, my God, you know, Mitchell Stevens, let's keep him on the ice. We might have something here. You know, Verona, my God, every game he's got a new highlight. We have something here. My God, Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond, we have something here. Um, you know, Larkin and Bertuzzi playing for big contracts kind of thing. We might have something here. Nadelkovich getting another year under his belt and not feeling overburdened. You know, maybe we get a backup goaltender. We got something here. So it's, it's, uh, I think the key word is timeline. That's why for me, it would make more sense to, I, I would love to, you know, see if the Kraken, you know, can get fleeced by Iserman, <laughs> but, um, I don't think that they would do that. And I think it would be more likely that we can trade that for some team having cap troubles and get a win now guy that, that would for me be a likelier outcome. And for me, um who's you know impatient um 
you know, ready to see a winning Red Wing team, it'd be a more exciting offer. Uh, so it feels a little more realistic. And for me, it's it's more interesting. You know, I'll throw out there just for anybody who hasn't been paying attention to the 2023 draft, like the way um, our boy Scott Wheeler, friend of the show, has, has taken a look at it. Um, he's got <laughs> arguably 15 guys that could fit somewhere in uh, in the top 10. So he's trying to squish 15 guys into the top 10 of this draft, of course, led by Connor Bedard and uh, Mitch Goff. And then you've got Fantilli, who's making a big push uh, to make it into the third spot. Uh, and then probably Benson Carlson. Um, well, that's five right there uh, going in your top five. And, uh, and again, this list just goes on to, you know, another 15 names, Dvorsky, Richie, Strammel, Jaeger, uh, Height, Moore, Musty, Smith, Stenberg, Wood, and Cameron Allen. So I think, actually, I just gave you 16 names there. But uh, that is essentially where we're at right now with the 2023 draft is we have all of these guys that look really super-duper good right now. And there's going to be outside of picks, you know, outside of the top 10 picks, there's still going to be guys that have elite potential going, you know, 11 through 16 is, is what the draft looks like right now. Again, I would still say I, I caution on, on getting too excited because it kind of feels like the more that you and I do this, Mike, we'll be going into season four of Red Wings rant starting in October. Um, the more I caution myself on getting too excited about who's who's number one. Um, now, Connor Bedard seems to be a sure thing of all sure things. But, I mean, right two years ago, we were like, Shane, man, this 2022 draft, when Shane Wright gets drafted, that's going to be it. That's your boy. That's that's your greatest of all time. And um, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, with the way Connor Bedard has looked, it's hard to say that it's not going to be a shoe-in. I'm just saying everything well over time seems to like get pushed back um now curtis uh <laughs> did throw in there great answers mike uh appreciate you taking my question with the laughing emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i, I did want to jump in with some of our current prospects here um and of course uh i had they had a pretty nice what was that what, day, what day is today sunday saturday yeah. so pete <laughs> They had a pretty nice Saturday. Of course, talking about shy, not so not so shy, Buyo, Anti Tuomisto, and Carter Principal Mazer. That's right. It's a goofy movie <laughs> reference. Uh, winning the NCAA championship, coming out as the number one team out of the Frozen Four. Good job, boys. Um this was uh this is a pretty good season for Mazer. Uh pretty good is is enough language to actually describe it his uh, 38 points in 41 games shy coming in 18 points in 39 games uh to amisto of course the six foot five to amisto nine points in 35 games uh was brought up on uh, the detroit free press uh that these guys might get an opportunity oh excuse me with the wing dings before the season ends i don't think so um i think this is all Actually, it's two Misto's second year, I think, with the University of Denver. And then it's the first year for Mazer and Booyam. 
I wouldn't hold my breath on that, fellers. Um, but they did have a hell of a season, and it's good to see them walking away uh, with the NCAA championship. So good, good on them. But, Mike, that being said, I think there are some names uh, that we could take a peek at. We could get excited for it. Of course, we've already talked about Ben Myers. Oh, man. Ooh. I forgot about this. We can't, uh, can't see. Oh, the footer? Here. Yeah. Yeah. Let me remove... Let me remove that so everybody can see what's going on. Of course, Ben Myers is the guy you want. Um, this is this is a guy that we could potentially put in uh, at the at the center spot. Um, I think I read earlier today like a fifty eight percent face off percentage, and somebody was mentioning like, okay, now we can start to figure out some of the holes that we have, and uh, you know, any anywhere on this team in regards to being a consistent face off winner. Um, and I did hate in the article I read, they were like, you know, to replace Luke Lendenning. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's keep our pants on. Uh, but anyway, we know, we know like more of the exciting aspects here. I mean, this, this guy, 33 games, 41 points, 17 goals, uh, and 24 assists. Like I said, we've, we've already talked about this, uh, Hobie Baker finalist and, uh, Mike, your hot take on, on Ben. Um, and which team he's going to select. Let's see. University of Minnesota, 2020, 2021. University of Minnesota, 2022. University of Minnesota. Matt, Where's he? I think Born, he's... Uh, Delano, Minnesota. Uh, every clearly going to play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. No, man, he's going to Minnesota. My God. This is this has got Minnesota written all over it. So I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to get too invested in this guy. If, if that's what, if I, you know, was born in, in Minnesota, I played in Minnesota. Why the F would you not want to be in the NHL with Minnesota? So good for him. Go get your dream. Go play for Minnesota. Uh, I do want to, we'll roll back. Uh, Mike popping in here. I think uh, the chat sometimes is a little bit behind our discussion. Mike, I'm thrown in there to a misto, not NHL caliber. Um yeah, it does. It does uh, sort of look that way. I, it it kind of breaks your heart because I think we were all excited just because that last name was so so much fun to pronounce. But yeah, this uh, Tuomisto. If I could make the comment that Buiom and Mazer, even with their great seasons, probably not coming over with just one year under their belts uh, playing in the NCAA, I think Tuomisto could have three and four years uh, with the University of Denver. I don't think <laughs> it's not looking great. Um, yeah, JM coming in. Hope you're feeling better, Matt. I'm getting there myself. JM, thank you for checking in. I am feeling a little bit better, but as Mike pointed out, it looks like uh, I'm sweating so much. I look like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura when he came out of the rhinoceros anus. So take that. It's true. So I feel better, but do I look better? <laughs> nope. <laughs> um. We had right, a so we, we yeah we had a couple more names. Yeah, uh, we know this that, name kind of at least we know how to right. pronounce it. The brother of Taro Hirose, Akito Hirose, uh, defenseman Mike, left side defenseman. Oh, that's right. Uh, we can kind of cheat here, even though I have the stats blacked up a little bit. We know that's Minnesota State University based on the jersey we're looking at. Uh, Twenty six points in thirty eight games, Mike, for a defenseman, uh, as we love to say on here. Nothing to sneeze at, um, but yeah, I think I think this is one that you you just look at the last name and you kind of want to put two and two together and like yeah, let's bring Akito over here. Let's let's see how this works out. Um, 
In the playoffs, I saw it was mentioned, like our boy uh, actually put in three assists uh, on the opening game to help uh, Minnesota State University uh, take a win. <laughs> what do the Hiroses become like the Watts, the Watt family of hockey, you know? Hey, you know, uh, TJ worked, you know, JJ worked out pretty well. Let's get TJ in here. I don't know. I wouldn't start with the Hiroses. I, I think I'd start with the stalls on that. I mean, the NHL seems to be filled with. You got uh, another Hirose brother? Like Bring every... him in. Was your dad in the NHL? Yeah, you could be on the first line. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's usually how I see that working. Um, but yeah, I think this is this this would just be a fun pickup because not only does it fit a hole we know exists right now for the Red Wings, it feels like we're already trying to pick up every left side defenseman there is. He had some success in the NCAA and yeah. brother of Taco himself. So yeah, why not? Yeah, you keto I mean, over. Uh, we're almost at the point where we're just going to do open tryouts, um, you know, at, in Campus Martius every year or something like that. But I think you had one more name for us, man. I did. I mentioned uh, Ben was uh, Hobie Baker. It's, our, I, it's, man, it's the best player and probably the worst photo. Um, <laughs> it looks like he's looking right at the camera. That looks like, uh, you know, Goldberg strapped to the net in the first Mighty Ducks movie. It doesn't look good. I, did, but, I mean, I picked this one myself, so I was I thought this was a beautiful picture. <laughs> uh, from Minnesota State, um, Mike, uh, Drad McKay has one of the best college careers of all time. Uh, we can run through this list here. 927 save percentage, 1.76 <laughs> goals against in 1819. Uh, and we'll just move forward, so I won't go year by year here. Uh, but 942 and 1.31 goals against. 924 and 1.54 uh, goals against. And, of course, his Hobie Baker winning season, 931 and 1.31 goals against. Uh, let's not miss the 10 shutouts uh, he had in 1920 and another 10 shutouts he had in 2021. And he's going to walk away from his NCAA career with 26 total shutouts. Um all right. And also, Mike, uh heard the rumor that uh, he was named after Ken Dryden, uh, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time from the Montreal Canadiens. So that doesn't hurt. Wow. I mean, this is a guy that was... Uh, if, Talk if about that being bored into your name, huh? Right. If that is true. I mean, you signed this guy right away. Uh, unless I'm missing something, because I swear, I don't understand how this guy is an undrafted free agent right now with four straight years of amazing goaltending. And of course the Hobie Baker. Um, I, I, yeah, like right now, this is, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm just sitting there looking at Ben Myers. I think, I think I'm looking this way too. And, and tried McKay. Um, and I want to see what I can get out of this. Uh, is, is there really any reason not to? And that's where I kept like research. I was like, there's no way, there's no way this guy is taken. There's, I, I, like I even thought about searching it right now, but um, yeah, it's just let's do it, right? So what I'm what I'm doing, Matt, uh, is just opening his his Twitter page to see if there's anything related. Just just the color red on here. Hopefully, uh, see a lot of Minnesota State stuff. Um, is there maybe a glimmer of red on his his hockey his goalie helmet there? Not seeing it. Oh god, damn it. Man, Minnesota's going to be killing it in like a year or two. A while. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to put a bid in on this guy. Uh, I, you know, 
high hopes for Kosa. Um, this guy's a little more goalie shaped. Um, I know Iserman likes drafting unicorns who are gigantic. Uh, I yeah, I'd like to take a shot on him, Matt. But uh, again, I'm not going to hold my breath. I would assume that you know. I guess he is kind of a Midwest guy, but all we have are these amazing, um, you know, record-breaking statistics. I don't know why you wouldn't want to bring him aboard, but I, you know, we'll see. I yeah, and I, the numbers they've been comparing him to is like these are the best college numbers since um, Ryan Miller, who not, not a bad career to compare yourself to. We have some. He's got some Olympic hardware and. I mean, that's our boy coming out of Michigan State, too. But, um, yeah. I, I just don't know if, like, this situation um, with the Red Wings having uh, an abundance of cap space, uh, maybe they're not going to go after, you know, aging, uh, you know, 36-year-old centermen, um, you know, in the off season. But maybe this is where they allocate some of that budget. And guys like this, where uh, – maybe they find a way to kind of slightly overpay for somebody who's never produced at an NHL level, but they've had sexy enough NCAA numbers, to, you know, weren't giving them a shot. I don't know if that's maybe something to think about, but we got to spend that money somehow, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me look up uh, the Red Wing schedule. Uh, we like to wrap up our show with this. I didn't pull up the slides from, uh, from Jay Fresh. But um, let's see. I guess we only have one game uh, until our next episode, and that's hmm. going to be Tuesday against uh, the Senators again, Mike. We uh, we lost two in a row to Ottawa. I like it a lot. I was stoked about that, but uh, we seem to be turning things around now all of a sudden, um, you know, as long as the goaltending doesn't give up five goals. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean – I think this is – I'm picking the Red Wings to win this one. I, I think we talked about earlier how good their home record is. I don't think we're losing two in a row at home to Ottawa, which would also make it three in a row total. But, um, yeah. Give me, yeah, give a me couple a days off. It's a home game. Um, to my chagrin. Have, <laughs> and we, we kind of need this to uh, keep dropping in the standings, and we need uh, Ottawa to, you know, turn things around. So, yeah, uh, because of all those dominoes that we need to set up, um, we're almost certainly going to win and screw it all up. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, wing dings, and then uh, we're going to have a pretty busy weekend. Uh, so on Wednesday, we'll have a bunch of games to preview. Uh, we've got, oh, man, Hurricanes on Thursday, but then we've got a full weekend. Red Wings and Rangers at 1230 on Saturday, and then Panthers and Wings 1 o'clock on Sunday. Ooh. So uh, we could probably you could probably hope to see us Wednesday night at eight at uh, normal, and then maybe we can jump into this Panthers game and do a bit of a live um, and recap the game right after. So you guys can plan your Sundays accordingly. So if you're watching the Wings game anyway, you just pop us open. You come say hello, you give us a like, and then go rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify when you guys get a sec. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Do we have any other last comments before we sign off? Oh, uh, we did have uh, a couple here. JM Taro is uh, taco <laughs> avocado. I love it. <laughs> I like that JM. <laughs> um, Mike M thrown out there. Uh, this is some B and GM level shit. But I would love for the Wings to trade our first and Zadina to Seattle 
in exchange for their 2023 first and no lottery protection. Mike, who says no? Seattle. <laughs> I kind of think I, I'm kind of in that same <laughs> boat. Now, Seattle needs, you know, we talk about our timeline. Seattle needs their timeline, right? They could use yeah. two first-round picks as soon as possible. But I don't think that comes at a cost when they know they're going to suck next year, uh, come at the cost of losing that level of talent. So I think what you'd have to do, like, you'd have to project a Montreal Canadiens. Like, that's what you have to do. Yeah, there's a team that's going to the playoffs and they're going to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. And they, you know, you can just trick them. But that's, that's, I feel like that's the only game you can play and, and kind of come out because I feel like Seattle is definitely a team that doesn't want to play that game. Uh, um, but Mike, um, I was just going to say, I would do that every single year in Madden where I would play as the Lions. I would put my first round absolutely. pick up for a trade. Whoever took the trade, I got a better pick because I was guaranteed to win the Super Bowl. So yep. I moved up in some capacity. Yep, I do that too. <laughs> That's not, I mean, it's, uh, and, and Mike, we did talk about that scenario earlier in the episode. So it's not like we're off bait. Like we're, we both have the same mindset or all three of us did. Cause we already brought up this, this scenario earlier um, and trying to do that. I just, my hesitation is, with where everyone's head is at with this 2023 draft. And I, I would not be disappointed if we somehow, you know, got won the lottery and got Shane, Wright. I think that means the absolute world to the Red Wings, but it's just one of those things like right now, everybody's looking at this draft and going, no, this one's not exciting anymore. And they're looking at next year's draft and it sounds super exciting. And like we said, there's 15 guys that could potentially make a, a team's, make the difference for them in one to two years once you draft them. So even to that end, maybe you don't need to go out so far. Maybe you can just rely on the Red Wings to not be a playoff team next year and look out and pick somebody. And worst case, we are a playoff team and we don't, we don't get a shot at a lottery pick. Um, and that's, that's exciting for four games before we get trounced. <laughs> Sam oh. throws in there. Seattle says no, plain yeah. simple. Yeah. I mean, it does seem kind of like you're not even asking for too much for trading away Zadina, but it does feel like I don't know. Like it's I not worth guys, it's not guys, worth the gamble. Yeah. yeah will you do my homework for me, kind of thing. It, it yeah. seems like a lot of work. Um I can also see us exploring a trade with New Jersey for uh, one of their oh. centers. I don't, I don't mind that school of thought uh, in, the, in the least bit. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I got to, I got to be a stinker poo here, and we, we got to wrap up. We're at an hour and thirteen, and I, I wanted to be in bed to heal from my my COVID scratchy throat. Um, okay. So, guys, uh, if you do have a second, uh, please hit that like button, hit the subscribe if you don't want to miss uh, the next uh episodes if you're having a little bit of fun head on over to apple Podcasts and spotify do the subscribe rate and review on apple spotify you can just go ahead and hit us up with the five star rating uh appreciate it uh mike have a good one i'm good i'm glad to see you in the comments i feel like uh mike i, got, I always got to do the shout outs to the new names and i'm this would be the worst if mike's like you guys say hi to me every episode but <laughs> mike good to have you ace good to have you chewy good to have you 
Um, I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, Curtis, of course, I'm glad we could sync up our schedules here. Performance art, we haven't heard from you in a minute. You're probably in bed. Uh, Keith Smith, Paradox Destroyer, uh, and Ketzel. Owen oh, Gray Ford. Everybody, I think I got them all. Red Wings fan. That's a classic name for a YouTube channel. All right. Thanks, everybody. We're going to sail off in the sunset. Have a good one, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday.